uh, Ephesians chapter 15. And we're going we're gonna, to uh, end this morning's, uh, end this time with communion uh, as well. So Ephesians 15. Uh, sorry, Ephesians 5. That doesn't make sense, does it? There is no Ephesians 15. Just checking, all right? I got instructions to do that just to make sure. Awesome. Well, you know, Caroline and I, we've been uh, having uh, a few conversations recently, some deep and meaningful conversations around life and, and purpose, about, about God's calling and what that looks like for us at the moment. I don't know if you have some of those convos at the end of the night, you're just discussing things. And I and, uh, have this, this thought from those conversations sort of floating around uh, in my head the last little uh, while, and it's this, that that life, our lives, if, if they're not lived purposely, if, if our lives are not lived with intent, then the risk is that by, by default, we are left to live our lives by accident. We are left to live uh, an, unintentional, uh, an unintentional life, and that's just not a great way to live, I don't think. I don't think that's a good way at all just to kind of stumble haphazardly through our lives, uh, haphazardly through our days, just from, from one, uh, one thing to the next. And so I've been thinking about that just a, a little bit. I just want to share a message with you this morning, which I've called Living on Purpose. Living, living on Purpose. The Bible says this in Ephesians 5, thank you very much, uh, verse 15. That's where I got it a bit dyslexic. It, it says this, verse 15 of Ephesians 5. Be very careful. Don't just be careful, but be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most out of every opportunity because the days are evil or the days are troublesome. Uh, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Another version says, Uh, Pay careful attention. Make the most out of every opportunity. Do not act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. We we have uh, a few kids. We've got four kids. Anyone else got four children or more than four kids? Anyone? Anyone got kids? Right? Any any parents here? We never stop being uh, parents. Well. Uh, when, when our kids were younger, and this, this is fortunately happening now to a, a lesser degree, but we were often dealing with one of them uh, getting hurt by their sibling, right, or, or finding a mess somewhere in the house that, that needed cleaning, like there's, there's Milo all over the floor somehow, or someone's been shot in the face by uh, a Nerf gun, or there's ice block melting on the couch, or one of them has been punched in the arm by the other, but they're screaming like their arm's been cut off. Any, any, any of this sound familiar to any parents? Just maybe just a, a little bit. And, and we do the right thing, of course, as, as parents. We, we get them to apologize. We, we get them to clean up their mess. and We threaten them with their lives. And, uh, but do you know what I've, what I've discovered almost every time the perpetrator, the guilty party, whoever it was to, to, to be blamed for these things, they have the same defense strategy 
every single time. So you got Madison, why, why is Toby crying? You're standing right next to him. What did you do? Toby, why did you kick the ball over the fence for the eighth time today? Guys, why, why is there yogurt all over the couch? Why is there wheat fix on the ceiling? That literally happened on Friday. That, that is a true story. And without fail, like every single time, the answer is the same. We get the same response every time. They, they say this. I didn't mean to. I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to. I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't do it. It was just an accident. It was just an accident. Does that sound familiar to any parents? I didn't mean to. I didn't do it. It's amazing. How many accidents happen in our house that weren't on purpose, right? They, they, were, just, they were just accidental. My, my daughter, Madison, and she's given me permission to tell uh, this story. She, she went through this stage a few years ago uh, where she would freeze and defrost things. A little strange, a little odd. I have no idea why, but, but we would, she would put different things in the freezer and then defrost them to see to see what would happen. And so we found odd things. We found a snow globe in the freezer once. And uh, just so you know, when you defrost a snow globe, it doesn't it doesn't start snowing inside like you probably would have hoped. No, it explodes. It, it, it explodes. Uh, uh, we found soft toys uh, in the freezer. All sorts of uh, different. Uh, vegetables, just stuff, weird stuff. I don't know why. It's just one of those strange things that, that kids do. Uh, and, and, and during this, this, this strange phase, we rented for, for Christmas a very nice house near the beach here on the Kapiti Coast. This is when we were living uh, in Nelson. And we never got to meet the owner. It was all, all done uh, on, online. And inside this beautiful house at the top of the stairs was this, was this large open room which housed two huge floor-to-ceiling glass cabinets which sort of faced each other. And inside these cabinets were, were books and all sorts of different items on Antarctica. Books and, and maps and there was compasses and torches, all sorts of things related to the, the South Pole. It was like a mini museum at the top of this house. Fascinating stuff. And we, we kind of surmised, we, we thought, well, maybe the owner was some kind of an Antarctic uh, adventurer. It's fascinating stuff. And, but one, one day, unbeknown to us, my, my daughter Madison had been undertaking uh, another freeze and defrost experiment. And uh, she had frozen overnight, of all things, a large potato. She had frozen in defrosted a large potato. And Anna came across this experiment by surprise while it was in its, its defrosting stage. And so I don't know if you know where the best place is to, to defrost uh, a large potato. Like I would have thought it would have been outside on the deck, right? Don't be silly. No. I mean, maybe in the kitchen sink. Nope. Or on a, on a plate on the table. I don't think so. And so one morning, I'm, I'm in the Antarctica room upstairs and just looking at, uh, at all of the incredible artifacts there and looking through what I assumed was a locked glass cabinet. And I'm admiring all of these things and obviously the, the precious collection of someone's life passion. And then when through the glass doors, which I think I said I thought were locked, I, 
I, I, my eye catches something a little out of place. There was this old brass compass sitting there, and then, and then there was some kind of climber's torch, and then in the center, like kind of the, 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 the major piece of this collection was an open logbook, and in it were, were handwritten notes, maybe coordinates of, of, of something, and, and, and of maybe even of their own exploration of the South Pole, I don't know, and then on top of this open notebook inside this glass cabinet, which I thought was locked, sat a large brown potato. Because that is apparently the best place to defrost a potato. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but when a potato defrosts, it doesn't just kind of warm up. No, it oozes out this thick, dark brown liquid. And so, uh, in the subsequent questioning of uh, my daughter about why, why of all of the places to defrost a potato, of all of the options that you had on this property, you chose this, this place, this place. Fortunately, we were able to clean everything up and somehow soak up the the, the brown puddle that kind of added to the patina of this, of this notebook. And if the owner is listening uh, somehow to this message, I am so sorry. <laughs> but when I asked her, why did you choose this place? She, she looked at me and she said that classic line again. She looked me in the eyes and she said, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. I didn't do it on purpose. What an interesting phrase. That is, I didn't do it on, I didn't mean to. Do you know, it's amazing what we don't do on purpose. It's incredible how many things can just happen by accident. And I have sat over the years in, I guess, pastoral uh, ministry with a lot of people who have experienced not just moments, but a life of living accidentally stumbling from, from one thing to the next, not considering or, or, or thinking about where things, where life, where stuff, where their actions are, are going to take them. And I, I've come to this conclusion, as I said, that, that our life and our precious lives, if we're not intentionally living it out, if we're not, as the Apostle Paul says, being very careful how we live, then our life will happen by accident, by default. Someone once said the great tragedy of life is not that it ends so soon, but that we wait so long to really begin it. And unfortunately, a lot of people live this way. No one in this space, probably everyone in the second service, right? <laughs> Am I right? Or somebody you know, but, 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 but a lot of people live this way without intention or care, without consideration of where life is taking them. In other words, without a purpose. But friends, I'm here to remind you today that God has a purpose in mind for our lives. In fact, He made us with purpose in mind. And He wants you and I to discover what that is and what it looks like. And, and He invites us on a journey to take a purposeful life. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 uh, the New Living Translation, it says this, For we are God's masterpieces. 
wow, we, we are his workmanship. You are his, his handiwork. And he has created us anew in Christ so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I heard this story about a little girl and she goes to her mom and asks her, Mom, why, why do you cut the ends off the meat before you, you cook it? And the girl's mother uh, thought about that for a moment, and she said, well, I think it allows the meat to stay tender because it sort of soaks up the juices better, but, but maybe you should go ask your grandmother because that's the way that she always did it. And so the little girl, she goes and asks grandma, grandma, why do you and why does mom cut the ends off the meat before you cook it? And the grandmother thought for a moment, and she said, well, I, I think think it's because it allows the meat to stay tender and it soaks up all the juices. But, but why don't you go and ask Nana? Because I learned it from her and that's the way that she always did it. And so the little girl, she goes into the next room and she sees her great-grandmother. She climbs up on her lap and she says, Nana, why, why, why do, does mum and, and granny and you cut the ends off the, the meat before you you cook it, and her great-grandmother smiled, and she says, well, I'm not sure why they do it, but I did it because the pot wasn't big enough. <laughs> See, we, we are all driven by either design, by purpose, or just by default, because that's all the way that we've, we've always done it. We will either live for the purposes that God designed us for, or we'll just live accidental lives according to, I don't know, the demands of our schedule or, or the expectations of the people around us or, or just based on how we might feel any particular day or where the wind might take us or the way we've always lived because that's the way that it's always been. But, but wouldn't it be amazing to discover and live out our God-given purpose? Wouldn't that be incredible? Wouldn't it be awesome to be, to be involved with the very things that you were created and born to do? Mark Twain, the, the famous author, he said this amazing quote. He said, the two, greatest, the two greatest days of your life are the day that you were born and the day that you found out what you were born for. And it's, it's my my prayer that for everyone in this room, and if you're watching today on, online, no matter how long you've been on this planet for, that you would know God's purpose and you would pursue and live out His calling for your life. Because you're not an accident. You're not just here to, to get by and just sort of eke your way through, through life. You're not insignificant. You're not, just, you're not just taking up space, but God has and is every one of us calling us. He's calling you and I to make a difference in our world, to involve Him and have Him involved with us and in your life and the people around you and your community and your workspace and, and your neighborhood and your whanau. In every space that you are, there is calling on your life to make, to make a difference. 
And it's a wonderful thing to get a sense that, wow, he is interested in my life and he, he wants to be involved in helping me and guiding me and shaping my life and empowering me to live a purposeful life. Do you believe me? I just want to just give you briefly four things, remind you perhaps, share with you four things that will, that will support a a life of purpose, and, and not just an accidental life. Let me just give these to you all at once, and then we'll go through them individually. They all start with the letter D, which I thought was kind of clever. It, it's this, discover God, define your purpose, decide what's important, and do it. Discover, define, decide, and do. So number one, discover God. When we Think about living a life of purpose. The first thing you got to do is discover God. Colossians 1 verse 16, it says this, For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. So we were created for purpose. And you will not, I do not believe, you will not find your true purpose in life until you've discovered the one who created you. I believe those two are, are inseparably connected to know him and to know his purpose for your life. Because God is, is not just some distant deity up there in the stratosphere somewhere, disengaged and disinterested about what is going on down there on, on planet Earth. But friends, He is near. He is here today. The kingdom of God is, is here and He's, and he's wanting and He's waiting to be, to be discovered by us and, and for Him to be known. In fact, he is so interested in, in our lives, your life and our, our future that he sent his son Jesus to stand in the gap between God's holiness and, and our sinfulness so that we could have this incredible relationship with him. And the Bible calls that salvation, and, and, and it's the act of surrendering our life to Christ and, and receiving His forgiveness and inviting Him into every aspect of your life. And, and when we discover God in this powerfully personal way, He then begins to reveal His plan to us, His purpose for our life. And I'm, I'm sure that many in this room can attest to that. God revealing His will and His purpose. And for those maybe listening or here today who haven't, listen, discover Him, pursue Him, follow Him, trust Him. We'll, we'll give an opportunity for you to do that today, to begin that journey, but discover God. Number, number two, you have to define your purpose. Discover God and then define your purpose. A lot of people ask the question, what am I supposed to do with my life? Has anyone ever asked that before? What am I here for? What, what is the point of, of me? And, and I've found one of the, the best clues to discovering or, or finding out my destiny is in my design. How has he made me? You will discover who you are when you discover how he's made you. And I'm talking about your strengths, your, your giftings, your 
your uniqueness, how, how you are, are wired, how you personally have been fearfully and wonderfully made. Because your, your design will help reveal your destiny. God has made you unique, right? He's, he's wired you differently than the, than the next person. Look, look at the person next to you. you. Let them know you're real different. You're real unique, right? Some of us are. But part of the, the difference that you'll make on this earth is connected to who you already are. Because no one does you like you do you, right? The world needs you and your brilliance, your uniqueness. And part, part of living a purposeful life is discovering how God has created you, our personality, our giftings. They point toward something of our purpose, how God might, might use us, where He may take us, the places He may send us, what we're, what we're good at. Someone, someone once said this, God made us who we are to show the world who He is. God made us who we are to show the world who he, who he is. So be you. Be, be an original. If you're a little strange, that's okay. That's okay. Reach other strange people for Jesus. The world needs strange people like you. Number three. Number three. Decide what is important. Discover God. Define your purpose. And decide what's important. Because here. Listen, purpose flows out of what you believe, what is important in your life. Purpose flows out of our values. Every time we make a decision, we are filtering that decision through, through our values grid or our values lens. Whether you're even conscious of it or not, your values, what you believe consciously or subconsciously affects everything you do. And every one of us have values, but listen, not every one of us examines them. Not every one of us clarifies what those values are. And there's a whole lot more people who don't even know what their values are. Where, where do we get them from? Well, they're formed by our environment, what, what's happened, and what's happening ar around us. We pick our values up from our parents, from our peers, from what we watch and listen to. And for a lot of, lot of people, our values are, are subjective, right? They just depending what's in, in vogue. We, and they're what we call worldly values. They're often self-centered. And, and do you know what? They will just lure us into endless, fruitless striving. They will overpromise. They create anxiety and internal tension. And, and we can learn from People like King Solomon in the Old Testament, a man who was said to be one of the wisest that's ever lived. And he pursued all of these things and he came to this conclusion. He says, I've seen it all. I've seen everything that's been done under the sun and all of it is meaningless. It's like chasing after the wind. And friend, if you, if you buy into the world's value system and pursue those things, you often miss God's purpose for your life. Romans 12, it says this, do not conform to the pattern of the world, the system of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will, what his purpose is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. 
So decide what's important. What is important for you? Think about your values, where they're leading you. Anchor yourself in values that will last, values that are not self-seeking, but help serve others. Because I've found personally, that's when life really begins to make sense. When I'm beginning to make a difference beyond just me. When I'm, when I'm doing things that meet more, more than, than just my needs. So discover God, define your purpose, decide what's important. And finally, number four, do it. Do, though, do those things. Make it happen. Live out of those values. Make a plan and be purposeful. And that may include eliminating things that don't, don't matter. Evaluate what you're doing with your time, with, what, with your money and your relationships. They say those three things will say a lot about what's important in your life. And get alongside people who will help you live intentionally, walk with you, and encourage you, challenge you, and support you. And and make the most out of every moment, every opportunity to, to know, to understand, and do His will, and live on purpose. Live a purposeful life. We're going we're gonna to finish uh, with communion this morning. Maybe the, the serving team could come and, and, and get ready, ready to do that. You know, I, I believe that Jesus is our ultimate example of a life that has been lived on purpose. When I think and reflect about the life of, of Jesus, you know, he understood his, his core. He knew exactly what he was put on the earth for. He, he lived 100% from his values. And he literally gave his life in fulfilling that purpose. And, and in him, we have no better example, no, no better model. Which is interesting as we come around communion today is that it was the, the last supper, the very first communion which took place in that upper room which Jesus first instituted where he would go on in John 17 in that upper room and pray these words to his heavenly father. He would say this, I have bought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. In other words, I have lived my purpose-filled life. And, and friends, because, because of that, because of His life, because of the finished work of the cross, because of His sacrifice, because of His love, we can live a life of purpose for Him. And so as you come up and take the elements in just a moment, so you take the, the bread and, and the cup, the bread representing his body, which was broken for you. The cup as his blood, which has been poured out for you. Consider, consider the impact of that sacrifice, that life, that purpose-filled life lived for you, given for you. Oh, what a savior. And for those listening who are yet to make a decision to follow Christ. Consider what He did for you. And you can invite Him to take first place in your life. 
and start living a life of purpose. And maybe today you could even pray a prayer in your own words, a prayer like this, Jesus, I don't want to live life anymore on my own terms. I recognize I need you. I need your forgiveness. I I need to know your way, your purpose. I need to know your purpose for my life, Jesus. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. God, today I turn from living life my own way, and I invite you to lead my life with the help of the Holy Spirit. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. You know, if you're serious with God, He'll be serious with you. And if that's you this morning, as we're taking communion and you pray a prayer like that, tell somebody, come and talk to me after the service, come and Speak with one of the prayer ministry teams. We'd love to chat with you, to pray with you. For those taking communion this morning, why don't you come up now? Uh, I believe the instructions are from the left-hand side and then come, come right through. Let's do that as the band plays. Death could not hold you, the veil tore before you, you silenced the boast of sin and grace. The heavens are roaring, the praise of
we stand this morning I'm going to declare a blessing over you as we finish up the service head into your weeks let's put our hands in a receiving posture if you're comfortable to do that the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. You are released. If you felt like you were stuck, you are released. There is prayer ministry happening over there to my right on your left. Any needs that you may have, go see them. Get their faith added to yours. Grab a coffee. Go say hi to someone you've not said hi to before. God bless. Have a great week.